The Winnipeg Jets are finally about to face the number one ranked team in the NHL, the Vancouver Canucks. Not a sentence you thought you'd hear in 2024. Is this a Western Conference final matchup? Find out more on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Uh, doing so, of course, is free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Now, like I said, the Jets uh, have one more day off, and then they face a face off against the Vancouver Canucks, who are currently in action right now against the Detroit Red Wings. And if you told me that um, this team that the Jets are about to face is currently first in the NHL, with really no signs of slowing down, I just would never have believed that in a million years. Vancouver is going on a run that is historical. Uh, this Canucks team has never really gone on any sort of run like this. And in fact, generally speaking, we've never really seen an NHL team do what the Canucks are doing. And it's not because the team is in first place. That's really the shocking part. It's how Vancouver has actually accomplished this. When you have thought about Canucks, right? You thought about the Canucks team recently. You think of Tyler Myers. You think of routine disappointments, empty seats, a ton of buzz about um, the lack of performances, Boudreau getting fired, tons of coaches kind of being canned. Uh, this Canucks team has really been through the ringer the last few years. And, you know, coming into the season, there were, you know, such dramas as the JT Miller issue, uh, the Elias Pettersson uh, contract extension situation, which is still outstanding, by the way. And, of course, you know, the whole host of coaching changes and general bad vibes that have surrounded this Canucks team. So how on earth did this team get to be first in the NHL? Well, if you just apparently make every player on the team shoot 20%, there you go. Vancouver is on one of the wildest runs because it has been driven so heavily by shooting percentage and what people might attribute to puck luck. But when you watch the way that Vancouver creates offense, you're like, uh, you know, maybe there's some stuff with the shooting talent. Maybe it's just really ramped up at a level that it's, you know, hitting like double digit shooting percentages for every single player on the team. I don't know. There's something in the water in Vancouver and the Jets are about to face a team that somehow is really deep despite not looking like it on paper, right? Let's talk about how the Canucks are lined up. On the first line, you've got Hoaglander, Lindholm, and Petterson. This trio is going to be super dangerous. Hoaglander is a player that I've loved for a long time because I felt like he was really crafty, very intelligent down low, uh, an absolute pest, and one who, if he gets into the right spaces, 
will shoot the lights out. So not a player that I think Winnipeg wants to give a lot of space to. And because he's so crafty in tight spaces, I feel like he's going to be a menace uh, both at even strength and on the power play. So that's a rough one. And then you throw in Lindholm and Petterschon. Lindholm, since joining the Canucks, has immediately started scoring. Whatever uh, down period he had with the Flames doesn't seem to be holding him back joining Vancouver. Uh, I guess you join the Canucks and you suddenly just start shooting 25 30% casually. It's really funny that that continues to be a trend no matter who it is. But if you're talking about Lindholm, who's really skilled, not super shocking then that uh, of the players they could acquire and slot in there, that he is the one who has immediately started paying off dividends, which really sucks because, you know, you look at what Monaghan has done in the same period and, you know, it's not really on Monaghan, but you're, you're thinking to yourself, would Lindholm have done this for the Jets? The answer is no. Uh, I'm pretty sure that that would not have carried over. So let's not get too worked up about it, but yeah, Lindholm now with the Canucks, he makes them a very scary team. Apparently, Petrosian, of course, you don't even need to really preface that with anything. It's Elias. He's a great shooter, one of the most creative playmakers, and also due for a contract extension, which could be a bit of a humdinger for the Canucks, but they really shouldn't be too concerned about giving him tons of money. On the second line, you've got Suter, Miller, and Besser. Suter was a free agent pickup, and he has paid off marvelously. He's been a great player, a great scorer, and looks like a super value find for the Canucks. Miller has really turned his image around. He was always an effective scorer, but last year, you know, it looked like he was about to be the cancer of the locker room. And suddenly this year, he's one of their top scorers. And Brock Besser apparently has also decided that he no longer is um, happy with just scoring like 20 goals a season. He wants to chase the Rocket Richard. That dude is shooting the lights out. Now, he's not going to catch Matthews or anything, but the dude is on a massive scoring pace. He's been a huge proponent of their, uh, or a huge component of their 5v5 offense. And it's just nice to see Brock, who was always touted as this magical sniper, actually live up to it now. Uh, perhaps at a level that I don't think anyone even thought was possible at this stage in his career. You move on to the bottom six, and you've got Mikhaev, uh, Bluger, and Garland playing together, which is a really underrated, savvy, and skilled third line with some edge. Uh, obviously, Garland is a player that you know we've talked about in the past as perhaps being a Jets target. He's a good one. Uh, Mikhaev has kind of been on and off decent, and Bluger has seemingly been a really solid addition to this, uh, this Canucks bottom six after not really looking like all that much when he was with the Penguins. But apparently, like I said, you come to the, the Canucks, well, suddenly you can enjoy your 20% shooting percentage. Fourth line is DiGiuseppe, Amon, and Lafferty. Uh, another, you know, Penguins cast off in Lafferty, who has actually fit in beautifully. Again, another 20%-ish kind of shooter for some reason. You're starting to see a theme. Uh, that's part of the reason people keep assuming that it's not really sustainable, but somehow they're keeping it going. So who even cares, right? They're having fun. The fans are having fun. And at least for the season, they're dominating. On defense, you've got Hughes and Hronik, Cole and Myers, and then Zadorov and Juleson. Uh, you can tell that past the first pairing, this blue line's not great, but it hasn't really mattered because the forwards keep scoring. And when you've got Demko in net, you know, he's been really good at backstopping this unit. So overall, you know, Hughes putting on a Norris caliber season. Uh, Ronick has also been a really cheap and really good acquisition who has more than, uh, 
punched above his weight. The rest of the defense, not ideal, but with how good the forwards have been, again, like I said, really not been a problem. So the Jets, this is going to be one of their toughest challenges. This is probably the best team that they've faced all year. And what's interesting is you look at the numbers for this team uh, under the surface, and it's not like Vancouver dominates control of these games. They just somehow can't seem to stop scoring. So even if the Jets have the, the edge in expected goals or scoring chances, Winnipeg might really struggle if they can't figure out how to increase their team's shooting percentage as a whole. Because, like, one goal against the Sharks, not ideal. Not scoring more than a couple of goals per game in the last several games, not going to be ideal against the Canucks, especially on the road. I think this is probably a loss, if I'm being honest. I know Vancouver has lost a couple of games recently, but I just don't know that the Jets are all that well-equipped to shut down this team unless Hellebuck goes on a mad one. So cross your fingers. If Helly shows up and is able to you know, backstop them to a victory, that's amazing because there's really not a lot of chance that, that the Jets are going to come away with a win unless they really turn around their recent performances and impress us. But it is possible. Let's not count it out and say that it's not going to happen. We'll see what Winnipeg can do, and hopefully they can show up with a really you know, big performance against one of the top teams in the whole league. But, of course, speaking of uh, you know top teams in the whole league, it's time that we take another look around the league and see what the standings are, kind of get a sense of which teams are really starting to set themselves apart from the riffraff, and kind of prepare for what could be some potential playoff matchups. We'll dive into that in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Camino Consulting. How would you like to get to know someone better in an hour than you would in a year? Understanding one another prevents small misunderstandings from becoming big ongoing fights. If you've got a partner, whether it's, you know, romantically or say in business, you know that the smallest thing can be a bit of a problem, even among friends, right? If you don't have an understanding or you're not on the same page, stuff can be misinterpreted and you can end up in really dire straits with somebody that you really care about. After providing more than 20 years of service to small and mid-sized businesses, helping management groups navigate conflict and onboarding new employees, Camino is offering digital seminars for families and couples to start working through some of these issues and improve their communication. Did your Valentine's gift or tickets to the game not go over as well as you'd hope? Get the couples and family online seminar for 20 25% off this entire month of February using the discount code locked on. Again, that is discount code locked on for 25% off for the rest of the month at CaminoConsulting.ca or mention locked on when reaching out for a business seminar and receive the first five profiles free. Check out Camino Consulting today. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's episode as we are taking a look around the league now, checking in on the standings after just previewing Winnipeg's upcoming match against the Canucks, the best team in the league. Well, how else is the rest of the league doing? We'll start off with the Eastern Conference in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out something really cool the Locked On Network is doing. We have launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, and it's also available on Amazon Fire TV in the free Fire TV channels app. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with our local experts and our national shows covering every league. Find Locked on Sports Today on YouTube and on the free Fire TV channels app right now. Circling back to the NHL, though, <clears throat> let's talk about the standings, right? Because I think we're starting to see some separation and some teams that are really 
uh, legit. And maybe some teams that were riding high earlier starting to falter a little bit right now. Starting off in the East, let's talk about the Atlantic because the Atlantic is really interesting this year. Uh, right now, we've got the Florida Panthers and Boston Bruins tied for first. Right now, the Panthers own the tiebreaker, um, but it's it's neck and neck, right? The Panthers are a fantastic team. Paul Maurice has them playing great hockey. They defend well. They score well. This is a really well-balanced roster with a ton of depth and you know genuine skill. They've battled against some of the top teams and come out on the other side winning. So if the Jets face this Panthers team and beat them, I think that's actually a mark of honor. Uh, I know that Winnipeg has traditionally been able to beat Florida the last couple of seasons, but this team this year looks pretty legit. I'm curious to know what their real weaknesses are because you look at the number of goals that they've conceded, you look at how much they've scored collectively, and they look like a really well-balanced, really tough team. So yeah, you know, the Panthers, they're not a team to mess around with. No joke this year. Probably one of the strongest contenders coming out of the East, which, given the playoff field this year, might actually count for something. There's not a lot of really top teams out in that conference, if I'm being honest. After that, you've got the Bruins, and we know that the Bruins can be defensively suffocating. They've been a little bit more uneven the last 10 games, um, and you know I think their, their stranglehold on the Atlantic has kind of slipped a little bit. But they're still a strong team. They've still got amazing goaltending, and so far the offense has done you know more than enough to get them through, while generally speaking, they just don't give opponents all that much to work with. We saw how the Jets fared in their last matchup against them. That was a really annoying game. But, you know, the Jets did embarrass them earlier this season, so it is what it is. You're going to slip and fall occasionally, and uh, it wasn't surprising that without Shifley, the Jets just weren't really capable of getting past Boston. After that, you've got the Lightning, uh, or you've got Toronto first, then you've got the Lightning, Red Wings, Canadians, uh, Sabres, and Sens. I think Toronto being as underwhelming as it is this season is very interesting. They're a team that's kind of in that wild card territory now, a squad that's obviously talented, but <clears throat> you know, they're actually in danger of missing the playoffs because you have so many teams out in the metro that are kind of hovering around similar points totals. You know, I would say Toronto really needs to start banking these standings points early and make sure that they firm up their playoff spot because they may start to face some competition from teams in the Metro who start to uh, catch up and, and get real close. I don't know that they're in, in danger of missing the playoffs yet, but it's probably a little closer for comfort than they'd care to admit. And if you're the Lightning, you're right behind them. You're breathing down their necks. And like Tampa Bay obviously has a, has a couple of games played more, and they're not as good. But, you know, I, I think Toronto being as mediocre this season remains one of the most interesting stories. They have not played as well as they've done in previous years. There have been some structural changes that have changed how some of their top players are, are performing and what they're doing with their new roles. And I don't know that Keith, to be honest, should stay past the season. They are a huge disappointment and not a particularly great team. The Lightning, you know, Tampa Bay is one of those squads where it's like on paper and, and you look at the, the, the team and how it's arranged, you think to yourself, this is not really a playoff caliber team. But thanks to some top performances from Kucherov, from Point. Uh, and from John Cooper just apparently squeezing out the last bits of life out of this team. They're still in it. They're still right there, and they have a good shot at making the wild card, so don't count them out. I think as far as the rest of the Atlantic is concerned, you can probably start to count out um, <clears throat> Montreal and Buffalo. They're pretty far back of the field. 
The Red Wings are going to really struggle to get into the postseason. They've got a shot at it. It's going to be narrow. They're going to have to really be on their best behavior for the next few months. Uh, but they they have a shot. It's going to be really, really hard, though, because uh, they're going to have to deal with probably one of the Devils or the Islanders who – uh, you know they're not they're not great teams necessarily out in the metro, but they might be able to do enough to steal one of those wild card spots and push them out in the future. So, speaking of the metro, the metro is one of those weird divisions where I just feel like it's it's really mediocre, but there's enough there that's going to be annoying for a team that has to face any of these squads in the playoffs. Right now, still in first, which has been the case basically since the start. You've got the Rangers, and you know the Rangers after a bit of a dry spell are apparently now on a five-game winning streak, which is funny because like you've heard Rangers fans, they have uh, spelled doom and gloom about the way the team is playing, especially at 5v5. So far, hasn't really caught up to the team. They had a bit of a, a rough stretch in the past month or two, but it seems like they've been able to turn it around. Still a dangerous team, still one of the scariest power plays in the league, and you know their top six right now is having to do a lot of heavy lifting. We'll see how long it lasts. After that, you've got Carolina and Philadelphia. Both of these teams are not teams that I'm particularly concerned about. The Canes are decent, but we've seen the limitations of Rod Brindamore hockey. This squad doesn't have like a lot of crazy high-end shooting talent. And, you know, the way that they create offense is really through like high volume stuff. And that can kind of mask some of the lack of danger. So um, <clears throat> they're definitely a playoff team and a quality squad, but perhaps not one that I'm like super concerned about. You've got the Flyers too. Philadelphia probably needs to start selling here pretty soon, but they're also in that weird spot of being third in the Metro where, you know, justifiably you could understand why they might think they have a shot at the playoffs, uh, not necessarily at making it, but actually going on some sort of uh, a run here in the first round or two. I just don't think they're good enough to go all that far in the playoffs. And I think if they don't start to consider selling here in the near future, they could find themselves in some rough straits down the road. After that, you've got the Devils, Islanders, Caps, Penguins, and Blue Jackets. What's funny is like the like you know from the Devils to the Penguins, there's only about five points splitting all four teams, but that can kind of feel like a bit of an insurmountable hurdle at this time of year. I think you know the Penguins maybe have some of the best potential to try and climb back into this, but given like the fact that they've they've gone like three, five, and two in their last ten. Uh, the, the the vital signs are fading, and I think they're a team that's probably going to miss the playoffs. They also probably have to sell, and they just lost Jake Gensel for a month. So things are not looking great there. Uh, the Devils and Islanders, you know, the, the Devils, everyone knows that the goaltending has been a huge problem. I don't know if it's going to turn around at any point, but it's really their one Achilles heel. They've had a decent team otherwise at 5v5. They've got a really solid power play, but, man, they are just – they, they don't get enough saves, and that is pretty devastating if you're a Devils fan because you can you can tell that this team really should be better. But you look at both uh, divisions in the East, and you just think to yourself that there's not really all that many teams that stand out. So I feel like if any season you could really clearly call a Western Conference champion, it's probably going to be this year. But I guess on the flip side, if all the Western Conference teams beat the crap out of each other and the team that makes it to the Stanley Cup Finals is on its last legs, maybe the East has a chance. That could be a thing. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily believe that's going to happen, but we'll talk about the Western Conference and who might emerge out of that group in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Game Time. When it comes to buying tickets, we all know how annoying it can be. Hidden fees... 
you know, we, we often find ourselves in seats that aren't exactly what we thought we were buying. And, you know, the, the seat views aren't great and all of that stuff. It's just not a fun experience. Game Time knows the struggle and they want to give you the best and easiest experience possible. They offer incredible things like last minute deals, flash sales, and they can also give you an in-venue seat view. So you're actually getting a good sense of what you're paying for. If you're going to drop a few hundred on a major concert or a sporting event, you got to make sure you can actually see what you're there for. So go with Game Time. You can also get um, some great stuff like a lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, and so much more. Game Time knows that you don't want to spend all this money and find yourself up the creek without a paddle if something goes wrong. They want to make it easy, they want to make it convenient, and they want to take the guesswork out of buying tickets. So go with Game Time, download the Game Time app, create an account, and be sure to use promo code LOCKDOWN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us as we are checking in on uh, some of the standings around the league, and it's been a bit of a strange season for a lot of teams. I think this year, you know, there's just not that many strong teams out west, um, and I'm looking around, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of struggling, or sorry, out east, and I'm looking out at the Western Conference, and that's where I really feel like the Stanley Cup champion is going to emerge out of. This is a battle-tested conference, and some of the best teams in the league sit in these two divisions. So let's start off with the Central. The Central is super competitive this year. You've got a ton of great teams, with the Jets being among them, uh, and also Winnipeg has actually played among the fewest games in the Western Conference, and yet despite that, still sits third in the Central at 69 points. Ahead of them are Dallas and Colorado. Colorado's been on a little bit of a rough streak, similar to what the Jets are, uh, kind of enduring. Dallas, though, has been on a mad heater. They just obliterated Nashville, I think it was, something like 9-2. to two. Uh, Yeah, that's a pretty ridiculous scoreline. That, that Stars team, man, they're the ones that I would say genuinely scare me. Uh, if you're talking about a team that has the consistency and skill to be a serious problem in the playoffs and one that the Jets haven't beaten this year, Dallas is probably, for me, one of the top teams. The Avs are, are still really good. I, I think that they have some serious depth problems, though. And at some point, I just think the magic of what they do is going to start to slow down. You know, they've they've blown some big leads. They've struggled to kind of maintain some of that top-end def- defensive cohesion. And similar to how the Jets were in previous years, there's some locker room tension that still hasn't gone away. So something to keep an eye on. For the Jets, uh, I think Winnipeg's biggest concern right now is really in the goals for department. Goals against, they are the best team in the league, and I don't know that there's anyone who's really close to conceding as few goals as the Jets have. I think the closest is like the Florida Panthers, and even they've conceded at least like 10 or so more goals than Winnipeg has. The Jets have just really limited the damage against, and that's probably super helpful because offensively, Winnipeg has one of the lower goal totals in the whole league. They've only scored around 152. That's pretty low as a team. So I think when we're looking at the trade deadline, the Jets are going to potentially want to add some finishing talent. But aside from that, you know, you've got the Blues, the Preds, the Wild, the Yotes, and the Hawks. Uh, 
I would say St. Louis has a shot at making the postseason in a wild card spot. I think the rest of the division is starting to slide a little bit further back. And because you've got a couple of pretty decent teams out in the Pacific that are hovering a little bit higher uh, in the standings and, and points totals, squads like Nashville and Minnesota just don't really have a great chance of squeezing in. There, there's definitely a chance that they do get in, but given how both of those teams have played recently, the Wild have been doing a lot better, but it's probably you know at a point where it's too little too late, and I don't know if making the playoffs is even worth it for them. So some tough calls there. Uh, Nashville will probably sell. I don't know what the Wild will do because, like, they're they're a mediocre team, but they've hovered around this position for years now. Maybe they still try and squeeze something out of this team. The division everyone is probably focused a little bit on is uh, the Pacific because you've got Vancouver leading the way, you know, leading the way for everyone league wide at seventy eight points, and then you've got Vegas, Edmonton, and LA kind of hovering uh, within around eight points of one another, which is actually a pretty noticeable golf. Um, the Knights, despite all of the issues that they've had this year, are still on a pretty good recent run of form, and they're still a very strong and dangerous team. So you know come playoff time, you know what you're getting with this team. They're dangerous. They're annoying. Uh, you get tired of seeing them be so good on a consistent basis. They're just built to win, and it seems like it's really hard to shut them down, even though they're still without Eichel for apparently multiple weeks at a time. So Whatever it is that's in Vegas's water, man, it's just tough to put them down. And they're a team that you just never really can feel comfortable counting out. I think the same can probably be, be said for the Oilers. Uh, they had one of the craziest win streaks in NHL history. It finally got them to almost the 31 point. They've now crossed that threshold. And of course, just as they do that, they've started to lose a couple of games recently, but still one of the scariest underlying number of teams out there, in part because their offense is just scoring and creating at a rate that is just unholy. Now, the good news is they're not shooting at the same percentage that you know Vancouver is. So... Um, as long as their goaltending still has some weaknesses, you've got a pretty good chance of getting by them, but it's going to be tough. They have McDavid and Dreisaitl and some of the top talent in the league. This is a, a deep team, and I think you know the days of us kind of laughing at them, it's not going to be the same situation this year. They're a genuinely scary playoff opponent. LA, you know, they've kind of stabilized after that recent run of form where things were starting to really dive. And, you know, there were questions being asked to the front office. Todd McClellan got canned. You know, I, I, I still think they have a pretty good shot of making the playoffs. I think they'll probably get in under a wild card spot. But, you know, if you're the, the Kings, you're probably not comfortable with the idea that you're going to have to fend off one of Nashville and Minnesota, you know, considering that they haven't exactly had the top form, right? The Kings are sort of just a mediocre team right now. Things haven't really been going in as often, even though, generally speaking, they're still creating a decent number of chances. But, yeah, the finishing has kind of uh, stagnated a bit. The Kraken, Flames, Ducks, and Sharks are at this point in, at a level where you know, they're, they're okay in some capacity, like the Flames and Kraken could conceivably go on a run and end up in a wild card spot. I just don't think either team is good enough to do that. And given the fact that, <clears throat> you know, you've got the Blues kind of hovering in that 60-point range, and you've got the Kings or Oilers likely to secure one of those wild card spots, I think Seattle and Calgary are probably better off selling. The Ducks, yeah, they're toast. Same for the Sharks. They should all be sellers. And, you know, maybe the Jets could bring in one of their players here over the next few weeks. But we'll have to keep an eye on that. As to this, you know, obviously it's it's really tough to get a sense of what the top teams are. But I think we're looking at, you know, Vancouver, 
Dallas, uh, the Panthers, and I think the Jets have a shout with uh, a couple of additions, right? Winnipeg needs some things to go right, but <clears throat> but they still have room to add, and they still have some potential internal improvements that they could make, plus uh, the best goalie in the league playing out of his mind and having a career year. So a lot to like if you're a Jets fan, maybe some things that are a little bit concerning for the longer term, but let's hope that Winnipeg can sort those out before we get to the playoffs. Now, uh, in future episodes, I think tomorrow I want to talk about um, one particular longer-term problem that the Jets may face here pretty soon, plus, you know, some general feedback on Winnipeg's recent run of form and what could change in the final 30 or so games for the season. But for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. I thank you so much for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for more Winnipeg Jets coverage, so don't go anywhere. Like, follow, and subscribe. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.